Hello, and welcome to the Deep Waters Podcast. We pray that Christ is at the beginning, the middle, and end of all we do. May openness and peace mark our discussions as we engage in conversations about the fresh move of God. May our hearts be drawn to unity. And in all things, may this shape us to look more like you, Jesus. Amen. Now, uh, whatever you find yourself doing this beautiful day that the Lord has made, settle on in and enjoy the Deep Waters Podcast. Jace. Good morning. I'm wait. Okay, now I'm settled in. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't settled. Yeah. I've not quite settled yet. Let me take a sip of my Trader Joe's green tea with honey. Oh yeah. <sighs> For the sake of vulnerability and transparency. I, I wasn't hope, gonna expose you. I know, but <laughs> I I hid my McDonald's coffee <laughs> in a tumbler. And but it's, it's it's not any Tumblr. It's Cotopaxi, which is a benefit corporation. Yeah. We love B Corps. We love B Corps. If you don't know what that is, look it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway, I'm like really enjoying my McCafe. <laughs> <We're, laughs> we don't typically do this in mornings, but I'm glad that we're here today. Mm-hmm. It feels fresh and the yeah. Lord is... Um, the Lord is near. It is fresh. And my mind tends to be more productive in the morning. So, Oh, absolutely. We'll see where this conversation goes. I've already written six emails in my head since we started talking. <laughs> That's phenomenal. I know. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> While I'm doing this, I'm currently constructing a small house out of popsicle sticks with my toes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just found pie with this abacus. <laughs> wow. Uh Okay, we have been in a series, um, and we were just about to start a series, but this is this is interrupting the series, Jace. Do you want to explain what we're doing today? Yeah, we are. Uh, well, we're we're kind of we're just kind of like, uh, what's the right word? Debriefing. Oh, sure. Talking about unpacking. Unpacking. I like that. Word. I like unpacking. Um, Debrief sounds like there was a problem. There wasn't a problem. Zero problems. There's a lot of good things. Uh, we're <laughs> unpacking uh, Pastor Justin's sermon mm-hmm. from August 6th. Nice. Yep. So mm-hmm. for us, that happened just days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the listener, this could be five years from now. <laughs> That'd be amazing. So if it's... Welcome to the future. Yeah. Hello, 2028. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, good math. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Podcast unpacking. It's at the top of your notes, too. Oh, that's hilarious. Look at you. It is. Golly. Wow. Classic me just being consistent in my brain. Yeah. So we, <laughs> we've, had a, we've had a nice time unpacking uh, Darren's sermon. Yes. from a few, Pastor Darren's sermon from uh, four weeks ago. Um, and we're still going to unpack the rest of that because I think there's just a lot of great things to kind of break our molds of consumer Christianity, make us aware, but we were just so moved by pastor Justin's sermon. And I think in kind of the name of this podcast, just being able to unpack things. Um, yeah, that's what we're going to do. That's good. I, I think it's also worth pointing out. We were talking about this yesterday that it's, I, I don't think what we want to do with this podcast is necessarily like find a sermon that we enjoy mm-hmm. and talk about it more. 
um, like, oh, we're going to find the ones that we favor and sit on those as if we're like ascribing more value to one or another. Yeah. But this one um, that Justin released this past Sunday for us, at least, um, it felt like not only was it an excellent sermon, but there was a lot that could have been said that he just didn't have time to go into when you're talking about hospitality and also judgment. There's a lot of scripture that you could dive into, um, anecdotes that we could bring in to make like put more flesh on this. It it just feels like more conversation could make this hit home, um, even stronger or even more. Do you know what I'm saying? Whereas other sermons are so excellent, but they don't necessarily require unpacking because they've been unpacked to their full. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think it just happens kind of what, with what even pastor Darren was talking about where he has so many points and all these different aspects of consumer Christianity and discipleship. Mm -hmm. That's just like, I mean, he even said this was a seven part series at my, my church or whatever, you know? Right. And, and with this, it's not like, um, Justin didn't clearly communicate. There's just so much in there that we want to like kind of mm-hmm. get into more. Cause I think, yeah. I mean, I, I would say even like the Holy spirit, like highlighted this as something that we wanted to dive into. So Amen. I like that you said, we're not ascribing greater value value to mm. certain sermons. So especially, and I think the prophetic image that Justin had was a really good one. And um, there's a lot of significance that it carries with the plum and line metaphor that mm-hmm. he used at the very beginning. He said that we are a house, a family, river house. If we want to put that metaphor onto our church, um, we're under construction as a home. And when uh, a home's walls are under construction, you have to make sure that certain things are correct before you move on to the next step or else you mess things up. Mm-hmm. You've built things before. Yeah. You're good with building mm-hmm. stuff adequate maybe <laughs> below Excellent. average but yes yeah uh, yeah <laughs> incredibly proficient do you mind sharing what plum is uh, totally. because i love fruit yes yeah uh-huh. no so it's Nectarine? a part of the, the stone fruit family <laughs> <laughs> i love a good plum oh they just get me i love i mean actually any stone fruit I'm yeah. a big fan <laughs> um just don't well, swallow the stone first off i what i think is cool that i've just seen happen with you know, pastors coming through and just messages being preached and this like looming, uh, eventuality of having our own building. Mm. Like, it's kind of cool. It feels like this whole, you know, church isn't a building thing is becoming real in our church because I feel like we're going to really have so much built out in even our like maturing process as a church and a community, I think before we ever get an actual building. I love that. I think that's really beautiful. That feels like that feels really like a, a really good way for that to happen. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I just was thinking about that. I'm like, that's really neat. I'm glad you threw that in. Um, plum. And yeah, Justin talked about, uh, like using a plum line or making something plum and line. And, the one time I've done this is when um, I was framing a building, a barn that my brother and my dad built together. The three of us did. Um, and you have to use, um, I mean, it looks like a weight at the end of a string. Hmm. So it keeps the string taut and you will hold it up at the top and make sure that string stays all like the, str- you know, 
the, the, the string will hang straight and then the wood, you want to make sure it's plumb to that line. Huh. So that's like the straightest thing. Um, sure. And so plumb is making it straight up and down. And then to line up something is, you know, you have different sections of wall, um, of, um, framing and you just want to make sure that all those sections are in a line so that they're not like out of alignment this way. Mm-hmm. So even like they, these ones might be plumb, but they're not in line together. Sure. You know, that's good. Which is like, I think, you know, we can be, um, you know, in, even in right standing with Christ and, and have like good, um, thoughts about the world and everything. But if we're not on the same page there or have like similar, uh. um, vocabulary, then we might not be able to like share and build each other up in the same way than if we weren't in, in line oh, with each other too. That's good. So I, I, I like that, you know, this whole building metaphor. Um, yeah, I think it really prepares us to, like you said, continue to build on, you know? Hmm. That's good. I'm thinking about how, yeah, I guess. So plumb, you're saying it's it, for a wall to be plumb means it's like per perfectly perpendicular with the ground. Yeah. So it's straight up and down. Mm-hmm. And I'm imagining if it's not plumb, say it's slanted out at a different degree rather than 90 degrees. Totally. Um, then you try to build a house. If it's very extreme, then when you put more weight on that wall, like the structure could be compromised. Yeah. Like it could like, you know, if they're both like this, then the whole thing could fall this way. Cause Whoa. like there's a lot of weight there. Or if like, I mean, some extreme case, like where the, the roof should meet the wall. If it's like way out of whack, then you're just like getting water into the house, you know? Sure. I mean, this is a very bad builder. <laughs> <laughs> like, how did you not see this real skylight right here? <laughs> yeah. But like, there's yeah, just a so hole. There, there's, yeah, it'd be structurally unsound. Sure. That's, that's what you're going after. Which I, I like that metaphor to say if I just like flushing out metaphors cause I think they're totally. helpful. Yeah. If we don't focus on this thing that Justin brought to us on Sunday, he's saying that we could be harboring some um, unhealth and some issues that could actually compromise the structure of our community moving forward. Yeah, totally. That like, uh, he goes on to talk about welcome and judgment. And Mm -hmm. if, if I'm harboring a lot of judgment for my brother or sister, it could be actually detrimental to the health of our community. Just like not being plumb as a wall would be detrimental to the ability for a home to stand upright. Mm -hmm. And heaven forbid that, that be so detrimental that the structure actually starts to fail as a result. But that has happened in churches. Mm -hmm. So I just like to expose that and say, this is, this is an important conversation. Totally. Um, Just like making sure walls are plumb is an important step in Mm -hmm. the building process. Totally. Never done it. A plumb line looks pretty. It looks like a nice, like a pendulum. A pendulum. Yeah. It's usually like, it has like a ball at the end, maybe a point or something. Huh. It looks, it looks cool. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. It's really good. Pointing to the center of yeah. the world. And so like, yeah, the, I think the, the, like a measure or ruler, this line, you know, mm-hmm. let's say is Christ, mm-hmm. you know, it's always going to be plumb and straight. And that's what we are to measure ourselves wow. to. So I think that's what Justin kind of hmm. goes through and like what judgment how judgment can manifest and tear us apart. Wow. Praise God. Mm-hmm. 
Also, it's a metaphor that's used in scripture because they used plumb lines in the Old Testament days. So yeah. if you ever see that in like one of the prophets or something, that's what the plumb line is. Yeah, they do it with like stonework and... Yeah. yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. They didn't have two by fours back then, but... <laughs> they only had four by fours. <laughs> um, okay, so Justin's two main points beyond that were to be a welcoming people is part of us becoming plum and then to be people who don't judge each other. Mm -hmm. Let's dive into the first one for a bit. Yeah. A welcoming people. Um, Do you feel like a welcoming people or like the pursuit of being welcoming talking about that before judgment is putting the cart in front of the horse a little bit? Whoa. I'm glad you exposed that. I don't, I'm not saying that he did it wrong. I'm just I'm just thinking that now it's like, can we like, does ju- the lack of judgment come from being a welcoming person, or the being a welcoming person comes from a, a lack of judgment in our hearts, hmm. or is it both? And that's why we just need to talk about what it. What flows matter, out of the other? Oh, matter. I think you might be right, though. I want to say, um, Simon Sinek. Start with why. Have you heard of that book or the TED Talk? No. It's, anyway, it's one of those like self-help things. Oh, okay. um, if you're in real estate, you've probably read it a couple times. <laughs> but uh, start with why the concept is whatever you're doing, mm-hmm. no matter what it is, especially if you're building a business or something, you should ask the question, why am I doing this first? Oh. And that why should motivate everything else. Okay. Um, and I wonder if, if there's kind of that relationship like why are we doing what we're doing? Maybe the welcoming hospitality conversation is flushing that out because we're, we're beholding the hospitality of heaven Mm -hmm. in the person of Jesus. Yeah. And then we recognize that judgment is a roadblock to that's good. That why Mm -hmm. or to that, that end that we're trying to hit. So uh, I think, Maybe it's okay to, to do it in this order, and I see why okay, Justin yeah. did it. I, I I don't know if he had this thought in it, but it's like in order to become the welcoming people uh, that Jesus has called us to be and that Jesus is himself, we need to weed out the barriers to that hospitality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that looks like judgment okay. or some other things. Does yeah. that make sense? That's great. I, no, that was an incredible explanation. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. Well, praise God. Uh, so why is being a welcoming person important? I just said that it's like a part of who Jesus is and was. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's true? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't want to just assume from, that. from what I know about Jesus and have read in the gospels, it's like he was, I mean, one incredibly hospitable, hospitable to those that came to him but also sought after, sought out mm-hmm. those that were unseen or pushed to the sides of society. Wow. Is that right to say? Yeah. And another thing that just always makes me laugh about how cool Jesus is, because <laughs> he probably breaks some cultural, I mean, he breaks a ton of cultural boundaries yeah. and conventions. One, uh, he's a wandering traveler without a home. At least as far as we're aware, at one point yeah. he says the son of man does not have a rock to lie his head on at night. Um, even foxes have their dens, but like mm-hmm. God incarnate has nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he identifies as homeless right there. Yeah. 
And when he goes up to Zacchaeus in Jericho, yeah, not his hometown, he creates a moment of hospitality in Zacchaeus's home by inviting himself over. <laughs> He's like, I'm, I'm going to have dinner yeah. at your house tonight. Totally. <laughs> oh. And that's the greatest honor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just think it's what I wanted to expose in that is often I think I and we will say, oh, I want to be welcoming. I want to be hospitable, but I don't have the means to do that yet. Mm-hmm. Or I don't have what it takes to invite people in because I don't own a home or I don't have the finances to buy a nice meal to like yeah. make somebody food or whatever. And Jesus is over here like, creating opportunity for hospitality yeah. out of other people's resources. <laughs> you know, that is pretty great. I just think that's fun. Yeah, that is very fun. It's like, actually, you don't need anything to be mm-hmm. a welcoming person except just a, an open, loving heart. Yeah. Just be a person of love. And then, <laughs> you know, it's not like, oh, I have to check these boxes and yeah. then I That's can be great. hospitable. I just think next time at, I'm at like William Sonoma, I'll be like <laughs> looking at what people are like getting ingredients wise. I'm like, I'm coming to your house tonight. <laughs> <laughs> totally. That looks good. Yeah. I'm there. <laughs> You're bringing that like panini press. I'm coming to your house tonight. I love a panini. <laughs> That's so fun. Yeah, I don't think people would respond super well in our culture, probably. No, I was thinking, <laughs> I've, I mean, I've been in other countries where people are so hospitable hmm. to where it feels like, I don't know, stop. Like, I, this is too much, you know? Whoa. But I'm like, I think if you were somewhere around the world, you could be like, hey, I'm coming over for dinner tonight. And people were like, yeah, absolutely. And whether that's because we're foreigners or whatever, Wow. I'm not sure why, but like, I think that's kind of beautiful that even, I mean, that's not what we do to foreigners here in our country. Wow. I don't know. Expose that. That's true. (laughs) I I just, that that just came to mind right now. So I'm thinking we as human beings bear the image of God Mm -hmm. in that there is intrinsic value and worth. Yeah. You know, there's this quote from C.S. Lewis that Jordan Verner likes to quote from the pulpit every six months or so, which I just think is so good Mm -hmm. about how if we saw one another as humans in our ultimate glorified state, we'd be tempted to worship each other because of the glory that we bear in Jesus. Wow. Um, And I think that's true. I think it's Mm. a stunning way to exegete a lot of what scripture says about the meaning of bearing the image of God and the image of Christ. Um, If that's true, then you should treat everyone as worthy Mm -hmm. of hospitality. Yeah. So, because my, uh, why I said that is my mind was going to, um, well, you know, we, we both have kind of a crush on Bob Goff. Oh yeah, totally. If Bob Goff was walking through Boise and he pointed at you and said, I'm having dinner at your house tonight. There would be no, no if, oh, yeah. ands or buts about that. I'm like, totally. Absolutely. Yes, what absolutely. do you want? We're having dinner right now. <laughs> it's like, it's 9 a.m. <laughs> You're staying at my house yeah. also, and then I'll make you breakfast mm-hmm. when you wake up. Like, be there as long as you possibly can because we love you, Bob Goff. Or wow, whoever. Yeah, totally. You know That's what I mean? such a good, yeah, I love that. Uh, like, I, there's probably a ton of people that we would want to do that mm-hmm. with. Like, 
we love Richard Gordon at our church, of mm-hmm. course, or Darren Roundson or yeah. uh, Julian Adams or uh, our like friends. I thought you were going to say church. Julie Andrews. And I was like, yes, 100%. <laughs> Julie Andrews. And Julie Andrews. If I saw Julie Andrews and she said, I'd like to have dinner at your house tonight or whatever yeah. she would say in her beautiful mm-hmm. voice. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes, please. <laughs> like, yeah. And stay for breakfast and <laughs> never move out. Like yeah. My food will not be adequate for mm-hmm. you. Totally. And I don't have enough tea on supply, but <laughs> please come. <laughs> totally. Yeah. What if we treated everyone with that level of excitement and expectation for the opportunity to oh. host them? That's beautiful. Because uh, it seems like Jesus looks at the person who culture viewed as the worst man in town in Mm -hmm. Zacchaeus. Um, That was an example that Justin brought up in his sermon. He looks at Zacchaeus and views him as worthy of his time. Yeah. Despite anything that Zacchaeus had done or stood for or been, and he'd been a crooked man to be a chief tax collector in the Mm -hmm. whole region surrounding Jericho, not just a tax collector in Jericho, we're told, but like a chief among them. Um, but Jesus like sees his heart and says, you're worthy of all of the, the attention that I have for the rest of the evening. Yeah. I'll give it to you. Hmm. Um, that's, that's incredible. That statement. And it makes sense that the crowds were offended because yeah. that really broke their societal conventions. Totally. I love, I mean, I'm, thi- I'm sitting here thinking of, <laughs> I mean, I, I think an interesting thought experiment. If you think of the most extreme person in politics, in your opinion, yes. you know, the mm-hmm. listener do this. It could be wh- whoever, you whoever. know, might probably different people than mm-hmm. we probably have a different person in our head, but totally. like with that excitement, wow. They say, I'm coming to your dinner, to your house for dinner. And you're like, yes, come wow. stay Welcome. for breakfast. Welcome. My food will not be adequate for you. Wow. Like that is, or, you know, I, this was convicting for me when, um, Justin preached this and I told Benji, this just, it brought up things as we get into the judgment part too. brought up mm. people and stereotypes that I'm like, I'd have a hard time mm. with this, honestly. Um, but that's just kind of an interesting put whoever in Zekia's place that I don't know. That's <laughs> wild. Yeah. Like would I treat the person that I judge the most the same way that I would treat Julie Andrews. <laughs> exactly. No, I wouldn't. She's Not off the, the bat. pinnacle of our examples. No, I mm-hmm. wouldn't. And heaven help me purify that so that I would. Yeah, totally. Hmm. That's a cool vision for hospitality. I guess that's the why. That's mm-hmm. the, the like, w- telos is the Greek word of like at the end that we're yeah. seeking to achieve. That's mm-hmm. the goal. Um, and then what do we have to break down barriers wise or leap over hurdle wise yeah. in order to get there? Um, process through, are there wounds that need to be healed? Mm-hmm. Um, trauma, distrust. Is there self-protection? Justin brought that up that there's like guardedness mm-hmm. that we carry. Um, sometimes it looks like embarrassment. Like I don't want to be welcoming to you because I don't know how you'll receive me. Um, so maybe self-protection is there and that, that could be something we need mm-hmm. to root out. Um, but regardless, that, that's like, not just like guard. Like one of his points was guardedness is the opposite of welcoming. Is mm, that yeah. right? And I, I mean, there is a level of wisdom. I think we can maybe touch on this in the judgment section 
of like, you know, use mm. the discernment from God of who you let into your house wow. too, you know? That's a good point. That's, I don't know if this is a time to make that point, but that was something I was struggling with a few months ago. Is it now a good time to make this point? Sure. Yeah. Um, I was struggling with um, just a new person that I met mm-hmm. and feeling, you know, feeling ashamed that I wasn't trusting of them. Wow. Right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And I kind of brought that to some mentors of mine and they're like, no, that's a good thing. Like we're not mm-hmm. supposed like, cause in my mind, Jesus would just be like, here, have, you can have everything of me. All the doors are unlocked to my house all the time. And I don't think that's necessarily true. Wow. Um, so just like be aware of that. Like there are times where it's like, this probably isn't the wisest thing for me to X, Y, Z. But if that's, that needs to come out of like discernment and not prejudice and judgment. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Is that a good way to say that? That was excellent. Okay. That's, that's something that I've been I learning. Think- Cause I was ashamed that I'm like, I'm not like Christ because I'm just not like, just ready to let this person in my life right away. And, but it it has to be metered and we gain trust. We don't just immediately trust to a hundred percent. It's not like trust is an on or off switch. It's a built thing over time. That's really good. I think you have to recognize just like you said, maybe I'll just say it again, even though you already said it (laughs) is say that (laughs) is we have to recognize what is the block in the hospitality yeah and whether that block is sanctified or not because it can be Mm -hmm. i think yeah is what we're saying like okay there's a barrier actually for you to enter my house and that's because you're unsafe for my wife or kids if i have wife and kids at home yeah um and that's a very important block actually because i'm called to be a protector of that space Mm -hmm. uh or yeah, any number of things along those lines. Mm-hmm. But I think we have to be careful to not turn prejudice uh, into a justified block in our minds. Yeah, does that make sense? Like, totally. actually, I'm I'm saying I'm not welcoming you into my life because you're unsafe. When in reality, what unsafe means in that circumstance is that you hold a different ideology than I do. Yeah. And so you're unsafe because you're going to manipulate the way that I think about a certain thing. And I don't agree with people like you. Interesting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Wow. And then you can start to justify that as I don't trust you. You're harmful. When in reality, it's just a person who thinks differently than you. Yeah. And they're not malicious. Mm-hmm. Um, so, all this to say, yeah, I think there are totally justified places to like hinder hospitality mm-hmm. um, because like, we live in like a such fallen such a downer world. to talk about hindering hospitality. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Do you feel like <laughs> it, it kind of took a sad turn? Sorry, I, like, I wanted to give that like, yeah. not like, you know, just get rid of self-protection and welcome everyone yeah. is yes and, you know, mm. a little bit. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up when you did because I didn't have it in my notes. But it's it's naive to assume I can just welcome everyone in 100%. Mm-hmm. And also blind or foolish to assume that my intentions are always pure when I reject hospitality yeah. in certain situations. No, that's a really good point. And that's where the self audit of judgment comes in, which is 
the second point that we mm -hmm. want to become people of judge people totally. who don't judge yeah. not people of judgment people of the lack of judgment yeah oh not the lack of judgment people uh people who don't judge each other good judgment there there you sure good mm -hmm. judgment sanctified good judgment. sanctified judgment <laughs> uh and <clears throat> This is, oh, you have something? I was just going to say, I think one last ribbon to wrap that conversation up Please. is I think if we are in tune with the spirit and our hearts are being sanctified towards Christ, we'll find ourselves welcoming more people than we think we would be. Wow, that's great. Thanks. Than we probably do now. Jesus would have had to be in tune with the spirit to know that Zacchaeus was a, even a safe person for him to be near. Mm -hmm. There were people that would not have been safe for him. He never, as far as we know, pointed at a Sadducee and said, I'm dining at your house tonight. Mm -hmm. Maybe that happened. That'd be, that'd be sweet. I hope that that did happen. But as far as we know, in the gospel accounts at least... Yeah. The Sadducees were not safe people for Jesus to be around. They were doing everything they could to kill him as quickly as possible. Um, <clears throat> Wild. And Jesus wasn't, he wasn't ready to die until mm -hmm. the time was right. Yeah. But Zacchaeus wasn't, you know, he was harmless. Mm -hmm. He was a man caught in shame because I mean, his life. Well, a wee little man. He was. <laughs> 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 there it is. <laughs> He was just a wee little man. <laughs> that poor, poor Zacchaeus. Probably of insecurity. Yeah. You know that was pointed out on purpose. Totally. <laughs> yeah, dang. He needed love. He needed mm -hmm. to be seen. Totally. <laughs> wow. Uh, okay, there's a lot we could say there, but shall we? <laughs> yeah, let's keep moving. Yeah. Please, please keep going. <laughs> okay, okay. I want to read Matthew 7. <clears throat> And then just the rest of the gospel of Matthew, if that's okay. <laughs> Great. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, verses one through five. This is, uh, I, th I think you could say it's probably a pinnacle of scripture on judgment. Mm -hmm. Justin mentioned it in his sermon. And I've since the sermon talked with Justin a little bit about it. And he's just so wise and was mining these words. Wow. Um, and it was really helpful. So that's awesome. I want to read what Jesus has to say here Matthew chapter 7 and let's let's just assume that all of Jesus's words are actually true <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> rather than thinking like well there's you know uh, that doesn't make sense to me Jesus totally which I think sometimes we do without realizing it mm -hmm. okay Matthew 7 1 through 5 this is in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount judge not that you be not judged for with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Right there, it's already breaking some of my theological categories. Yeah. I feel like I shouldn't be judged. I feel like I should always be forgiven regardless of what my like sin is, mm -hmm. which is also true. And how do we make sense of yeah, these passages? That feels like there's tension there. Does it, right? And and there it's a healthy tension, I think. That's not going to be resolved. It's, a, it's on purpose. He goes on. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? 
Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. What are you noticing? Oh, wow. When we first read that, I feel like there's a lot of little flags and cues that pop for me. But Oh, for sure. Um, one thing I was thinking of, the first thing I thought was, you know, if you judge, you will be judged. You know, this judgment will come back to you. Is this God's judgment? Is this a human hmm. thing that kind of comes back at you? That's just like big questions that, wow. I mean, I probably should have framework for. Um, and the last thing was, I love the lot, like first take the log out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Mm-hmm. And it's like, until we, until like God does a good work in us, we might, you know, try to help, but hurt while we're helping Whoa, someone else. That's good. I don't know. That, that kind of, it was like, Oh, like, like, if we do get the log out of our eye, then we are able to like help others, you know, Amen. get the speck out of their eye. I think that's really beautiful. So there yeah. is kind of a, a solution to the problem. It's not like we're just all walking around with logs mm-hmm. in our eyes and can't do anything. I love that. It reminds me of, um, well, some conversations I've had with students that I've done ministry with, and I, I think they're swimming in a cultural soup that belongs to our culture in this moment right now. Mm-hmm. That is all judgment is bad. Yeah. Everybody does whatever they want. Mm-hmm. It's sort of this um, subjective tolerance culture that says, I'll do what I want as long as it doesn't harm anyone else. You do what you want as long as it doesn't harm anyone else. And it is wrong for me to judge what you're doing, mm-hmm. period. Yeah, period. So judgment is now an evil. And I, I think in yeah. some pockets of culture today, that's a pretty strong narrative. Mm-hmm. Are you aware of that? Yeah. Okay, oh, cool. Sure. I, I'm glad I'm not the only one at least. But uh, I like this because it says, actually, your brother has a speck in his eye and he needs help taking that speck out. Mm-hmm. But you are in no business to help him. <laughs> yeah. Because there's a there's a log in your eye, yeah, of a full size tree. <laughs> <laughs> I really like your translation of this. <laughs> Do you? Yeah. <laughs> I sometimes with the youth group I call it the Benjamin translation. Yeah, no, that's good. I'll be like, "Yo, homie, <laughs> check it out." <laughs> Do you realize you're seeing a dot in your homie's eye? <laughs> but what you're seeing isn't even right because mm-hmm. you're. Your view is blocked by bark and <laughs> mulch, mulch, <laughs> branches yeah. and pine needles that are extending from the tree that is in your eye. <laughs> of course, you're seeing specks because they're they're the specks that are just in your eye, but totally. you, you're putting them on other people. Whoa, yeah, projecting. That's good, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think that could be a piece of mm-hmm. the way you could interpret this. I like that. <laughs> totally. I mean, he doesn't say he doesn't say tree, I guess, but yeah. I don't know how the Greek word works. I don't understand Greek like I understand other languages, but um I I I just think it's important. I can't to- say anything close to that sentence <laughs> just for the record. <laughs> I'm still working on figuring out English. <laughs> so, once I get there, I'll let oh, you know. Oh, no, that made me sound smarter than I am. 
But I just, I'm glad that there's permission to say, Hey, do self work and then help your brother. Mm -hmm. Not, Hey, just do your self work and only focus on yourself and let your brother take care of himself. Mm -hmm. No, no, this is a communal thing. We are to actually be a part of one another's sanctifying work, but make sure that you're well before you engage in that. That's a good word. Yeah. I think it's excellent. I think in, in our society, we also, um, we, we are so quick to self-diagnose things mm. ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, without, yeah, just having that greater wisdom. Mm. It's like, we're so quick to like, oh, this is probably your problem when we have problems of our own. And I don't know when that line, when we step over this boundary of being able to like, you know, point out other people's specs. Probably not until the age of 50, at least. (laughs) At least. You got to have some some wisdom, maybe some gray or silver hairs. Totally. So, yeah, we respect our elders for their perspectives. I, yeah, I, I don't know because of course it's a little bit of a simplified picture. Maybe our eyes will never be completely clean of specks and logs this side of heaven, Mm -hmm. but by the grace of the Holy Spirit, we'll do our best to sanctify our view and our perspective so that we can see rightly in order to help one yeah. another. And I think maybe one of the main points that he's getting at here, this is reading between the lines, is um, you don't want hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. If you see something in someone else that's bothering you, before calling it out, see if that same thing is in you first. Yeah. Most likely it is. Most likely it is. I've, I've found that. Like the people that I butt heads the most personality wise are so similar to me. <laughs> like and, handsome and funny. Is yeah, that what you mean? Stop. <laughs> Get out of here. Um, it's awesome. Yeah. If people are like, well, you guys are kind of the same person. I'm like, oh, oh. okay. <laughs> that just Shoot. crushed my spirit. You're saying that dysfunction that's really grinding my gears is mm-hmm. a dysfunction that I also have that is now grinding your gears. <laughs> Shoot. Oh, good. Huh. But that you need that you need the community to even point that out, you, you know. Do. Otherwise, I just stain my bitterness against that one person. Wow. And without having someone be like, "Yeah, it's probably in you too," you know. <laughs> that's good stuff. It's good stuff. Like that's that's why we're in community. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. One that you posed a question in and Justin mentioned, and I don't know what to do with is, uh, judge not that you be not judged. It's like, Hey, if I'm going to send judgment out into the world, then judgment is coming back to me. Yeah. And, uh, Justin used a boomerang as a Mm -hmm. metaphor to describe this. Like I'm gonna throw a boomerang at you because you need to be hit by it only for me to realize that it's coming back around and hitting me in the back of the mm-hmm. head. I, I don't know what to do with that. It's, I mean, though my worldly framework, it sounds like karma. Yes. I just want to say that sure. so we can process it. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what to do with that. I've always, I've never like believed in karma. It's like an Eastern thing, right? Yes, I think the word, well, I don't actually know, but it is, it stems from an Eastern language mm-hmm. of some kind. I don't know if it's Hindu or Buddhist. It's one of those. Yeah, but I, I do kind of get the idea of if you're 
a terribly mean, judgy person. I just don't think you're going to be able to surround yourself with like good community and people and life giving Mm. stuff. Yeah. So it's like, that is kind of your making your own bed and lying in it Mm. kind of a thing more than like I did. I like, I tipped someone really good and now I'm going to get like flowers randomly. I don't know what karma is, but yeah, that that's how I've always kind of made sense of that Matthew passage is just Mm. like you, we kind of create, create the environments that we live in to some extent. That's true. I want to use the words, the rule of reciprocity. It feels like God, well, it doesn't feel like, as far as we're aware, God very much wove certain principles into creation. Mm -hmm. One of them is that matter draws other matter to itself. And we call that gravity. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, there's certain principles, light travels at a certain speed Mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. And I wonder if one of the principles that he wove into the way that humans interact with one another is that we reciprocate to a certain degree what we receive from each other. Yeah. So uh, have you ever noticed this in a vulnerability circle? Like when one person is bold and steps out in vulnerability, all of a sudden, boom, everyone feels way more safe Mm -hmm. to then be vulnerable themselves. Totally. If someone meets you with anger but you have the self-control to withhold the Mm -hmm. reciprocity that wants to make you jump back at them with anger and you meet them with kindness, Mm -hmm. then it'll typically soften their anger Yeah, and they'll start to be kind back to you. There's, there's something about that reciprocity. Do you you know what I mean? Even on the other side, if you, you know, kind of, if like you're in a fight with your wife and you like have a tone, most likely, like the tone's going to come back to you, yeah. which just makes the tone worse. Wow. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, but that the most sanctified version is to be able to <laughs> keep your cool. I was like, but I'm like, that works both ways, you know? So if you keep it, it cool, it might calm down the other person. But if you don't, it just like escalates, escalates, escalates mm. kind of in this like reprocity echo chamber. Wow. Sure. I don't know. I'm making up stuff now. I like it. I think that that's at least a really simple way to say, Hey, yeah. like if you live in judgment, th- then you're just treating people poorly. And that, that is going to come back at you in the same way that when you raise your voice at your spouse, your spouse's voice is more likely to go up. Mm-hmm. But that's not all that this means. I think that there's more to it. And I don't know how to make sense of, um, I didn't put this in the notes and I wish I had, but Jesus tells a parable of a guy who is forgiven a great debt. Mm -hmm. I don't even remember the numbers off the top of my head, but let's, it's a, it's a ton if you calculate what the money would be in our current day. So let me just make up numbers for the sake of the example. And people who are listening, you probably know like Danica, but, but um, (laughs) if you're, if there's a master Mm-hmm. who has loaned $100,000 yeah. to someone. And this someone has not returned that $100,000. The master comes back and says, hey, I need my money. The, the borrower is like, I'm sorry, I don't have it. Please forgive the debt. I can't pay it back. Mm-hmm. The master says, okay, I forgive you of that $100,000. Debt is cleared you don't have to pay me back. Mm -hmm. 
Sweet. <laughs> now that borrower goes and he had lent $50 to somebody else mm -hmm. and that somebody else can't pay him the 50 back. And the, the guy who lent the 50 is now angry saying, no, you need to pay me that 50 back. Yeah. Like right now, I'm not going to forgive you that debt so much so that he like gets violent with him or whatever, demanding so much word is going to get back to that original master who forgave the $100,000. You know, the parable mm -hmm. that I'm talking yeah. about. And then it says, actually the debt that was previously forgiven is no longer forgiven. Oh yeah. And the borrower that was cruel and didn't pass on forgiveness is going to be thrown in jail for not paying his debt back. Even though it had been forgiven, it's yeah. like the forgiveness was taken from him. That's wild. And that's a really hard and confusing pill to swallow in mm -hmm. our theological framework. Yeah. Because Jesus has saved us mm -hmm. by his blood, period. Mm -hmm. um, and that not of what we do. So we don't have to work into perfect forgiveness in order to be saved. Yeah. And still that's a teaching of Jesus that we have to wrestle with. Mm -hmm. So I just want to point it out. I'm not going to solve that problem because I don't know the totally. solution to it. Yeah. Unless you do. Uh, no, I do not. Oh, okay. No, I, I'm, that just made me think of, I wonder if it's, you know, the, the you know, the master hears about it, mm -hmm. unforgives the debt. If the guy forgave the debt of the 50 or like, Huh. And gave him fifth, like, you know, just like blessed him if it'd be forgiven again, you know, that's a great, so it's question. almost like the, the hardness in our heart. If we were able to get rid of that, I mean, if we're unable to get rid of that pff, jail, sure. But if we are like, then the flow of forgiveness continues mm, on. I like so that. So it's almost like we're just like, damn, damning. Wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> damning up that forgiveness, but for able to like, let it flow oh. again, you know, like forgiveness know. is water. Mm -hmm. <laughs> forgiveness is water. And if we try to hold on to the gifts that God has given us without releasing them to the people around us, then actually God's going to withhold the gifts because part of the purpose of him giving you that gift is that you share it. Mm -hmm. Favor isn't an individual thing that's given just for the individual. Yeah. It's given for the sake of everyone else. Totally around you. Wow. That's fun. There's a lot mm -hmm. there that we could mine. Yeah. I feel like this huh. got messy. I also want to point out that to further complicate the mess, it's this same problem is woven into the Lord's prayer. <laughs> yeah. Forgive us as we forgive our debtors, lead mm -hmm. us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So like forgive our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us mm -hmm. is one of the little parts of this relatively short but incredibly significant prayer that yeah. Jesus gave all of us as his disciples. So forgiveness is pretty central to what it means to be a Jesus follower. And I think mm -hmm. that is necessarily bound with judgment. Yeah. Um and releasing judgment. Because, yeah, cuz if I'm holding, you know, judgment in my heart against someone, there's no love coming out of me towards mm -hmm. them. It is all damned up. Mhm. Mm and that's not what Je what Jesus practiced at all. Mm. No. So it's like it's being being a blockage of the spirit 
is completely like mm. antithetical to bringing the kingdom. Yeah. So, which is sinning. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> like Definitely. it is like, like, like that's kind of wild, you know? Yeah. You're missing the mark there. Mm-hmm. Um, th- that's maybe, this is a good transition, I think, into yeah. the six points totally. that Justin brought up, if Which I can. We might have to muscle through pretty quick. Yeah, we can Sorry. do it. All right. For time's sake. Um, the question that the six points that Justin brought up, um, they all flowed out of this one question. How judging others breaks down community. Mm-hmm. First one, it elevates me to play the judge role. Yeah. Which is what you were saying is I th- I think that's another way to describe what we were just talking about with the whole master situation. Um, and I think it's so fascinating to point out what Justin pointed out in this sermon that often will say, I am worthy to judge you because I am holier than you mm-hmm. because whatever is wrong in you isn't wrong in me. Yeah. So I come from a place of greater purity or privilege and that's why I'm justified to judge mm-hmm. you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think that's something that's inherent within the heart and mind of the judger. Yeah, totally. In our subconscious, at least, mm-hmm. that there's a self-righteousness inherently connected to it. Yeah. So like, hey, if you have a problem eating too much Sour Patch, you know. Sour Patch Kids. You're a Sour Patch Kid mm-hmm. guy. Always nom on those Sour Patch Kids. Nom nom. And all I do is eat the Daniel Fast. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm self-righteous in saying, yeah. hey, my diet is pure and holy mm-hmm. <laughs> and yours is not. Yeah. So I'm therefore justified to judge how unhealthy you are. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But if I ate worse than you, it wouldn't make any sense for me to judge you for a bad diet. If all I'm eating is Sour Patch yeah, <laughs> and you have an occasional, like, I don't know, bagel with cinnamon sugar on it. And I'm like, oh, look at all the sugar you're eating. And you're like, are you kidding me? You're the yeah. Sour Patch guy. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it seems like there's levels of holiness. Yeah. And we assume in order to judge, we're at the higher level of holiness than mm-hmm. the person we're judging. Which is, which is in itself hypocritical is that kind of what because because mm. even though i might not be eating as much sugar as you i am you know struggling with bitterness in a certain area oh. or like have a temper or you know yeah drink too much all these things you sure. know so it's like is that kind of what we're getting like the bible's getting that when it's to that because in my mind it makes sense to judge when you judge someone where you have mm-hmm. where you're better at than them yes but th- that's wrong, you know? Yeah. Right? Well, But it feels so right. Yeah, I, I think... I'm just naming that. I think it it does feel right. I just want to flush this out, so I'm glad we're doing this. Yeah. I, it does feel right because I think there really is something correct about the one in the holy seat having, um, having authority mm-hmm. to judge the one that does not bear that same level of holiness, which is another way to say the one with the clean eye has right vision Mm -hmm. to call out the speck in the brother or sister's eyes. Yeah. So if there are levels of holiness, 
than the one on a higher level of holiness is justified to judge. But if that's true, Jesus is on the ultimate level of holiness. Yes. And he is the only one that's worthy of Mm. the judgment seat. Okay. That's, that's what I was hoping to get to. Okay. Yes. So there's, there's just Christ above us all in the seat and we are not to get in the seat. Is that right? Maybe that's the way to phrase it. I think you're right. Maybe there is one judgment seat. Maybe. Of course there is. There is one judgment seat. (laughs) Yeah. In Revelation, it puts it in terms of there is a scroll with seven seals. Mm -hmm. And the one who has the authority and the worthiness to break those seals, excuse me, and issue out the judgment on creation is singular. There's only Mm -hmm. one person that can fill that seat. And it's the lamb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so cool. So there is one seat of judgment and none of us is worthy to sit in that seat over anyone else mm-hmm. um, because of what you said earlier that like, even if I don't eat as much sugar as you, I am still dealing with other sins, mm-hmm. other impurities. I just wanted to point out that principle that I think there is something correct about how holiness distinguishes us to a place of actually authority Mm -hmm. in order to judge. But when that is true, Mm -hmm. notice what the judgment looks like from the one who is worthy to sit on the throne. What does judgment look like from Jesus who is the holiest of holies? Yeah. I'm sorry. This has been a convoluted path. I, I thought this would make more sense than it does. No, I think you, I mean, I think you flesh it out well. Really? Yeah. No, I'm, I, what I'm, what I'm getting at it or what I'm understanding is there, there, there is a level that you get to where you have become sanctified in your walk and you're able to even, let's just call it discipleship, disciple others into mm. becoming like Christ, which that's all you're, they're not trying to become like you. Yeah. You know, so if we're putting ourselves in the seat or like the, the highest pinnacle of what we are to be, we're missing the mark. But even in discipleship and bringing others up, we have to be cognizant of the, the man who is in the judgment seat. Yeah. If we, if we don't think higher than ourselves, we are, we have become the judge, the final judge. Wow. And we are just supposed to be like all of this, a conduit of of holiness. That's good. So like we That's have good. to like hold those two intention. Yeah. Like we have to know that in my, any ability for me to have good sound judgment and advice and whatever, um, uh, uh, admonishment for someone, is that a good thing? Yeah. Admonishment? So. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> is because of Christ and what he's done in me, mm-hmm. not what I have you know, muscled through myself and look what I've done and I've overcome this, but I've got, you know, the thorn in my side still or whatever. It's like, we'll all have the thorn in our sides. We'll all have this, but we're, we, but through Christ are able to perceive what a holy life can be wow. and can call others into it. Amen. That is very convoluted. It's harder than I want it to be. I, I think maybe one little piece that is helping me right now is to say, if I'm allowed to be a judge over anyone, I am to be a judge in such a way that I 
just embody the judgment heart of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And notice how I feel like I'm being triggered by the word be a judge and the judgment heart of Jesus because we have so many negative connotations with what it means to be a judge and what it means to judge others. Mm -hmm. But put Christ in the seat of what judge means. If he is the only ultimate judge, then my judgment should look like welcoming Zacchaeus into my house or welcoming myself into his house. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like judgment should be flipped upside down. Like what, what does judgment actually look like when it's flushed out? I'm sorry. This is a huge rabbit trail. No, it's, I mean, we're two minutes over time Right. right now. It's true. And, and that means that it is time to wrap it up. Oh, there's so much more. And I've just gone too long on this. But No, I mean, I, I don't think we've gone too long on anything. Yeah. I think there's just a lot to... Because I'm like, the word judgment just carries so much to it. Yeah, totally. And I think, I think the framing of judgment that Pastor Justin was going for was in the heart of being a welcoming people. Uh, absolutely. So we're probably we probably got into the weeds a little bit of like final judgment and everything, (laughs) which is still really good things to talk about because that should source the way we live our lives and the holiness we choose to pursue and try to cultivate in our families and the communities around us. Yeah. Um, it's good, but I would, if you haven't, if you weren't able to be at church on August 6th, 2023, you should go listen to it because it <laughs> yes. is really good. The rest of the points are incredible. Yeah. And they just kind of are great litmus tests for mm-hmm. if we kind of hold judgment in our hearts. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm like, do you want to do you want to try to maybe add let's in? just say the, what the points are. Mm-hmm. So that first one that I've just talked about entirely too long, it elevates me to play the judge role. Yeah when there's only one who is worthy to sit on that throne. Come on. And it's the lamb. Yeah. The second point, it puts a wall between me and other people. Mm-hmm. And then I had planned to read Ephesians 2, um, where it says that Jesus tore down the dividing wall between Gentile and Jew. Yeah. That there is no wall anymore in mm-hmm. the blood of Christ. There is neither slave nor free, man nor woman, Jew nor Gentile. Yeah. In the blood of Christ, there are no dividing walls. So if you see a dividing wall in the body of Christ, there's an issue. (laughs) Totally. Uh, Point number three, spiritual pride sets in. As I see myself as better than others. If you see yourself in the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector, then there's a problem. (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) Which is just a great self-exposing parable yeah. where the Pharisee is praising God that he doesn't look like the tax collector mm-hmm. and the tax collectors on his face weeping for forgiveness. That just, I feel like that just brings to mind people at the church has hurt, Wow, you know, totally. Oh, gets, gets me good. Point number four, it creates a culture of hiding. I wanted to point out people like the woman with the issue of blood who's hiding Mm-hmm. because she's unclean. She's impure. Yeah. Um, lepers in the Bible for the same reason. Mm-hmm. Jesus doesn't yeah. make them hide. Jesus brings them right out. 
points him out in the crowd. He stops the woman. Well, who touched me? Who touched me? Mm-hmm. In the crowd and makes everybody like pay attention to her. Wow. And I think it creates a culture of hiding. I might throw on that the word shame. Yeah, totally. I think hiding is like a symptom of shame, mm-hmm. which judgment cultivates. Judgment yeah. cultivates shame, mm-hmm. like unhealthy. Uh, point in five, we don't build genuine connections with others when we're judging them. We distance ourselves from them intentionally because we know that they are also we also the story we tell ourselves is they are judging me so i have to put on a face they have that same story they got to put on a face and you just never get to the heart of something or have any deep relationships whoa i don't want whatever is in you to influence me Mm -hmm. also so like yeah i'm gonna hold you at a distance exactly there's gonna be yeah yeah inauthenticity there then, I mean, people, the story that uh, our culture says right now is we can't have genuine connections with people that don't believe the same things as us. Wow, you're right. You know? The, like a message or DM in Instagram, I can't believe you voted for this person. I'm not going to talk to you anymore. Yeah. Has happened way too much in our culture. Exactly. Uh-huh. And that's that shouldn't be the yeah the thing that separates us all. And then the last point is it lets me out of my obligation to love and serve, which obligation is a strong word. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that Justin used it because <laughs> you just can't get around it. Yeah. You're looking at scripture. Mm-hmm. We are called and commanded to love and serve all through the book. Mm-hmm. Matthew 25, Jesus says, as you've done to the least of these, so you've done it to me. Mm -hmm. In like this cosmic judgment scene where people are separated based on whether they gave food to the hungry and water to the thirsty and clothed the naked and visited the people in prison. Mm -hmm. And then Jesus says, I was all those people. Yeah. When you took care of them, you took care of me. And then flips it for the people who didn't do those things as you didn't do it to them. You didn't do it to me. Mm -hmm. Whoa. That's, that's a really significant commandment. That point got me thinking a lot. What do you mean? Like what kind of, I mean, even just like, I just feel like there are, uh, there are people that I have just written, written off because of my judgment Mm -hmm. of even, of even to say they won't accept what I have to give, which is so interesting. That's fascinating. Yeah. And and that's something that I'm just, I'm probably telling myself just to not feel obligated to love them. Mm. You know, that's good. So that's just a total lie. Whoa. I'm also thinking about the parable of the good Samaritan in that mm-hmm. Jesus says all of the law can be summed up in love the Lord your God with all of your being mm-hmm. and to love your neighbor as yourself. And then the person he's talking to in Luke says, well, who's my neighbor? Yeah. Like, where's the dividing wall between me and the people that I'm supposed to? Yeah. Like the people that I'm supposed to love and the people that I don't have to love anymore. Mm-hmm. And Jesus points out the biggest dividing wall in that guy's head between myself and the Samaritans. And he tears that wall apart. And he says, everyone is your neighbor, dude. Wake up. 
<laughs> yo, yo, here's the deal. <laughs> Benjamin translation. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Like it, in Ephesians, the, the wall between us is not there. Amen. There is neither Samaritan nor Jew. Mm-hmm. I think that, I mean, the Bible doesn't say it that way, but yes, definitely could. Mm-hmm. It says it essentially. So who, th- th- that's a good question. I think for us that we can end on is who are we not willing to love and serve if we really do an audit mm-hmm. of ourselves? Um, I, I think a good audit is who, is there some person or group of people or political party that you wouldn't be able to cook breakfast for. (laughs) Yeah. I just, I like that. It's like to go through the effort of setting up a little pancake feed. (laughs) Is there anyone that you're like, that's not worth my time. Wow. Wow. I do that for Julie Andrews. I do that for Julie Andrews every day of my life. (laughs) Would I do that for uh, people who believe really differently than I do as far as politics are concerned Mm -hmm. or sexuality. Yeah, totally. Other really divisive topics, which you can see. I don't want to be specific Yeah, because I'm afraid that it's going to incite judgment toward me. Even if I were to like, true, (laughs) you know, no, I I've, I've stated, I've, man, I've wanted to use so many like examples, but it is hard. I've, I felt that too. And not even uh-huh. that judgment would come to me. I just don't want it to cloud the message. That's good. Yeah. That's my heart. Because, but I think it would cloud the message because, especially because of the judgment that exists mm-hmm. inside of all the hearers ears and mine. Yeah. Don't you think? Totally. Like for, for a very liberal person to have a very conservative person at their home feels like, I, I don't know. You're you're almost a traitor. You're hanging with the enemy. Yeah. Which or vice versa. To or have, or vice yeah, versa. For a conservative to have you know a super progressive person over for dinner. Totally. And what if like you become friends? You know. Well, heaven forbid. Heaven forbid. <laughs> I know exactly. And yet, our good Lord said, "Love your enemies. Mm-hmm. Pray oh. for those who persecute you." I think it's just sad that we view some humans as enemies, you know, even that I wonder if love your enemy, Jesus had that in mind. Like at least for us in our culture, like we don't really have enemies in the way that they had enemies then. Totally. Yeah. And then he, cause he he follows up with pray for those who persecute you in the early church. What that would have meant is love the person who is tying you to the stake and lighting you on fire. That is not a category that, as far as I'm aware, anybody in the U.S. has. Yeah. Unless they're from another country where Christianity is actually persecuted. Mm-hmm. Um, and we come from such a place of privilege. Yeah, Those are the people that Jesus was first talking to when he said, love yeah. your enemy. Hmm. Love and serve them. Mm-hmm. Wow. There's this really wonderful image in one of the Bible project videos on judgment. Mm -hmm. You should actually check, or is it on justice? I can link it. I think it's justice. That sounds right. Yeah. Link it below, watch the video and then we'll wrap up. But, um, there's this really beautiful picture of, um, like a Roman centurion, like a giant soldier. I think this is the justice video. He's walking 
like, you know, it looks dangerous and he's the big bad guy. And then there's this woman kneeling and like starts to wash or do something with his foot and like wrap a bandage around his foot. Like this Roman centurion soldier Mm -hmm. had been wounded and this, this woman is just caring for his wounds. Mm -hmm. And then the way that the Bible project has drawn it out, it's like the Roman centurion lets down his guard. He lets down his weapons and there's Mm -hmm. a bond there that's created. And then he goes on to then share that justice and love Mm -hmm. with others. Uh, Anyway, we could go on. Totally. But, um, um, I'm leaving this conversation asking myself, what is the archetype of a person that I am most quick to judge? And Lord, help root that out of me so that I can see you in everyone. Yeah. Everyone. Regardless of any any category mm-hmm. that our culture or that my prejudice or hypocrisy has created. Yeah. Hmm. Good stuff. I thought this was a really good discussion. I'm glad we did this. Yeah, no, I'm glad we did it too. It like I think it went the way it was supposed to go. Praise God. That's what I think. Well, thank you, Jesus, and thank you, listener, for tuning in. Mm-hmm. If you have further questions or thoughts or comments, please uh, comment below in the YouTube video. Yeah. Or shoot us an email at deepwaters at riverhouseministries.com. We would love to hear from you. That'd be fun. Mm-hmm. We don't have a Twitter, so don't tweet us. <laughs> it's not us. Or a thread. Yeah, or a thread. Or Well, Twitter's X TikTok. now. TikTok. Did you see that? Wait, no, really? Yeah, it got renamed to X. What? Yeah, on that bombshell. All right. It's time to end. <laughs> Bye. We love you guys. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> that was nice. Thank you so much for listening to the Deep Waters Podcast. If you have comments, questions, or concerns, maybe even a recipe or two, please send them to deepwaters at riverhouseministries.com. And if you would like to join us at Riverhouse for Sunday service, we meet at the Vineyard Boise at 4 p.m. We'd love to see you there. We cannot do this podcast without a little help from our friends. Our theme music was written and recorded by the Riverhouse worship team. Production is done by Jordan Sodeman. Special thanks to Isaiah Guerrero for our artwork. Benjamin Olson writes and co-hosts with me, Jace Langley, and I also edit this bad boy. If you like this podcast and want to keep going on this journey of discipleship with us, please leave us a review wherever you listen to the Deep Waters podcast. May Christ be with you wherever you go.